TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. This is information not being reported by anyone else. You want the scoop? Here it is with Darren Doogie Wolfson. Back from a mini vacation, somewhat rested, somewhat tanned, somewhat ready, but no time to waste. It is Scoop Podcast episode 188. Let's begin with Wolves owner Glenn Taylor. Glenn, last time we chatted here on the podcast, this was pre the Jimmy Butler trade. You said that you hoped that the trade would work out for both sides. Now, I get it. It's a relatively small sample size, but so far, absolutely so good for you guys. And it's not like I'm tracking Philadelphia closely, but I think Philadelphia is pretty happy too. So, so far, it looks like you got your wish. Would you agree? I would agree with that. Um, I think that um, the two men that uh, we brought in to help our team just sort of are fitting in well uh, in spots that we needed. And, uh, you know, I also just watch uh, Philly, and I think I I noticed a couple of games where um, uh, Jimmy's made the last shot, you know, and won it. And and so I think that's, that's wonderful when you have a trade and it helps both teams. I'm looking at the numbers. If I have them right after the Monday win against Houston, seven and three with Covington and Sarich in the lineup. The second-ranked defense over those 10 games, Glenn. The third-ranked overall net rating. It's a you know one of those metrics. 19th-ranked offense. But looking at the defense in particular, I mean, are you just blown away by the improvement defensively? Well, I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, it, it, it was always supposed to be there. But the, for it to come that fast or to change that fast, I think is sort of unusual. But I think that... Um, uh, Robert, and in, in just in his personality, was uh, much stronger than I thought, and he's out there not only displaying it in, on the field, but but uh, he, you know he's talking it, and I think it's just been uh, you know very helpful. So pleased to see it, but uh, you know uh, some of those earlier games were against some opponents that we probably should have beat. So these last two that we've beat, I think these will be the real test when you play um, teams that are. Uh, are traditionally very good, and you can, um, you know, hold them. I think, you know, last night was they, they played an excellent second half. Yeah, I mean, that's the amazing thing. I mean, it's not only that you're winning games, it's how you're winning games. I mean, to blow out the Spurs the way you did, to overcome a 19-point deficit against the Rockets to come back and win, win rather easily against the Rockets. I mean, that to me is what stands out more than anything. Well, I liked a uh, couple of things that I saw, especially last night, where I thought the guys really got back into the um, game plan that they should have. In other words, that uh, we knew that Carl going down low uh, would be a difficult for them to stop. And we just ran that play over and over, which opened up, you know, some three shots and some things. Where I think, you know, earlier in the year, um, uh, our guys were settling with contested outside shots. And, you know, that's difficult to do in the fourth quarter hard for me to quantify chemistry guys playing harder but i mean you can you know as far as i can tell i mean do you get the sense that guys are playing harder that there's more synergy among your group since the trade well they're playing harder and uh, my guess is now they're concentrating all their efforts on the game you know winning the game preparing for the game where before with the uh, jimmy being around 
I just think guys' uh, attention was taken off on the the wrong things. If they knew it or not, I think it was just happening, and I I think that uh, you know it was just too bad for us that uh, we weren't concentrating our full efforts on the game, but we're concentrating our our some of our efforts on the social things that were happening around our team. How much of a galvanizing figure is Robert Covington? It seems like the guys really gravitate toward him. Well, they do. I, I can. I didn't um, uh, know his personality. Uh, I, I did before he was uh, selected. I did call, made some calls to different people who would know, and they were telling me a lot about him. But uh, he's much more uh, has a stronger personality than I uh, assumed, and it's been a great gift for us. I mean, who are some people that you reach out to? Do you reach out to a Brett Brown, or are you reaching out to the Sixers owner? Do you reach out to the Rockets owner since he was in the Rockets organization? I mean, how does that work? Well, I just, let me say, I, I just do not say the names, but I, I reach out to a bunch of people that I have a relationship with, and I have uh, complete confidence in their um, uh, information that they're going to give to me that isn't invested into that particular team or that particular uh, player, but uh, but it's people that I know, and I call them, and and uh, you know, and keep a conversation going all year long. I mean, I suppose the Rockets have a new owner too, right? Didn't they sell for like one billion dollars or something like that in the last year? The Rockets? Yeah, two, two. Was it two? Holy cow, Glenn! It's unbelievable the money right now, right? Yeah. No, the the Rockets were over two. Yeah, I mean. Does that make you pause? Do you think about that? I mean, I get it. It's a different well, I, marketplace, but, I mean, that is just astronomical money. Well, of course I think about it, but, I mean, uh, I mean, the value of the team, you know, of the, has gone up so much just because of other teams' sales and stuff like this here. But on the other hand, it isn't like uh, cash available to me. I, I own the team, and, and, uh, and we just keep on playing. I mean, from a worth standpoint, though, I mean, is this the best that the franchise, the best shape that the franchise has been in? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by, about the work. Well, uh, yeah, the I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm, you know, I mean, a renovated Target Center. You well, know, you have this brand new practice facility. You have one young superstar. Who knows? Maybe a second if Wiggins lives up to expectations. I mean, I just think the health of your franchise, and I get it, you want more bodies in the arena. You know, but TV ratings are good for the most part. Seems like interest is pretty high. Just seems like the health of the franchise is pretty good right now. No, you're right. But I would look at it a little bit different. No matter what the health is and stuff, you still end up in basketball looking for the results. And I think, you know, when we had Kevin and that group here that got us to the into the playoffs quite deep, I mean, that is the ultimate goal. So to me, I still hold that as the most precious time because we did it. Now, I think you're right in what you're saying. There's some really wonderful things that have happened around here, and we've prepared ourselves for that opportunity. But until we get there and we actually get ourselves into the playoffs and, and then become uh, very competitive in the playoffs, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to say that this is the very best. How would you evaluate the job that Tibbs is doing? Well, I, I'm saying that he had a very difficult task it's a, and a hard one to uh, compare to with the Jimmy thing. I mean, it's like um, I wasn't close enough to know that it really bothered him because he, you know, personally spoke so highly of Jimmy, and Jimmy said some things to him, and I think, you know, he took 
this not only as a team thing, but a very personal what Jimmy did and how Jimmy did it. So, I mean, I have to keep that in mind. And now when Jimmy's gone, he's got a new team and stuff like that. I'm sure going to give him, you know, a little leeway here to, um, you know, bring this team around and and, um, make us competitive. But my, you know, he's a seasoned coach. Uh, been through a lot of good times and tough times, so I have high expectations of him and, and what this team should do. So uh, I'm glad what he's done, and I'm, I'm glad to see that we're winning. And but uh, but we've got to uh, we've got to extend this through the whole season. I mean, you're right. I mean, the slippery slope is. I mean, you lose one or two games, and next thing you know, <laughs> you're in 13th or 14th place in the West. I mean, the West is unbelievably deep. We we will have to sometime during this year have a run just like a lot of teams do we we've got to have our own run where we just play um a little special every night and stuff and put together uh, a winning streak a eight out of ten or something like that winning streak not only against teams that from the east that we think that we should win but we've got to uh, beat some of these western teams and right now the western teams are all sort of lined up you know, it's kind of like on a starting thing. We're all lined up equally, and uh, and every night you play is a tough game. And but we've got to beat our share, not only at home, but we've got to pull out a couple of them on the road. When you make the deal with Philadelphia, Glenn, is the idea that you do want Sarich long term? Not that you have to make a decision right now on giving him a long term contract, but is the idea that you'd like him here for the next three, four, five years? That's that. I think for me was part of the key of this um, trade that we uh, will get two guys that I can count on in the starting lineup over the next number of years. Assuming you know that I already have my two young guys, uh, you know that are there. So that's four, and with the possibility of a couple of other ways looking at how filling in the fifth spot. With the the um, uh, going ahead and all the players that are coming out, I just sort of wanted to protect our team, and one that I felt that um, hasn't even nearly reached its potential. So you're correct. Uh, the two guys we brought in were with the idea that we could keep them uh, over a number of years. Now the key in what you just said, Glenn, is for Sarge to actually start, right? I mean, you have Taj Gibson starting at the four. Well, I mean, but the coach is kind of handling that, uh, leaving, um, you know, Gibson start because he had started and and bringing in. I don't know as the year goes along how that's going to uh, play out, but but they both, right now, they're both playing excellent, so, I mean, it's working out, but I think that uh, one has to look in the long run here, too, knowing that Gibson's contract is up after, after this year. Um, love to keep him on the team, but uh, there's other people who are going to look at him too, and and you you just don't know with the money out there, you know who's going to make those offers that are higher than we can afford. Yeah, I mean you have a few guys on expiring deals, right? I mean Jared Bayless, who I don't know if he'll ever play for you guys, but he's here. You have Taj Gibson, you have Anthony Tolliver, who can't get off the bench right now, and to me. I mean, the big elephant in the room is Jeff Teague, right? I mean, he's got that player option. I mean, who knows what Jeff's going to do with that player option? Yeah, I don't quite frankly know what any of those guys are going to do, and I don't think they do right now. I think it'll depend if we get to the end of the year, if we get into the playoffs and and uh, do really well, which we there's every reason to believe that we could do that, that you know players will want to stay here. 
But if we fumble it, you know, someplace along the the year here, you know, guys will look at other teams that will um, give them that opportunity of, of being winners. There's so much of that going on in the uh, league right now, and then there's a lot of free agents this year too. So, you know, we can't uh, – we're not in a position to control that. A lot of other teams are going to be in there bidding for our players and other players. You brought up the P word, Glenn, playoffs. I mean, is that the expectation? I mean, is it too strong to say, I mean, it's playoffs or bust for this season? I think so. I think I think that we should be looking playoffs. I mean, the only reason it wouldn't be that would be a serious injury, you know, to one or two of our key players. Um, but other than that, I, you know, when I look at them going uh, out there against the other teams, gee, I, I don't think the other teams are, there's some teams that are good, but I don't think they're that much better than us that uh, we can't beat any of them on a, a given night. Does Andrew Wiggins make you scratch your head, Glenn? Like last night against Houston. <laughs> He's good. You think about the first few games of the playoffs last year. He well, was I- good, but then there's moments where he completely disappears. Well, if I could have my wishes, you know, I'd like to see Andrew do uh, what he did about the first three times he got the ball last night. He just took it to the basket. And when he takes it to the basket, I know that that he's concerned about, you know, his dribbling and sometimes that this and that. But he's very difficult to defend. And I'd love to see him uh, do that uh, more and more. And then I think, you know, people will play off of him a little bit more, and which will open up so that his threes are more uh, wide open threes. Right now, he shoots too many threes that I think that that are contested, and that's boy, that's difficult for those guys to hit those threes when somebody's got their hand right in your face and stuff like that. So, uh, and then you know, Andrew's got to concentrate on his free throws. I mean, he can get up there and he gets fouled. He's got to uh, hit those free throws like Harden does because it, you know it'll give him three or four more baskets, uh, you know, every night. I mean, did you expect more from him? I mean, at this point in his career, did you think he'd be an all-star? I mean, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Well, I think the, the pay that we paid him was um, without question that he has to be an all-star to earn that pay. I, I don't think there's any question that uh, when you go back and he's the number one pick, he has the potential. So, um, you know, maybe we're just expecting too much, but uh, too soon. But uh, but he's been in the league now long enough that uh, I think you know he's got to be with that pay. You know, one of the top twenty people in the league. Looking at the synergy, the chemistry that the team has, is there any regret that maybe you didn't pull the trigger on a trade? Maybe not with Philadelphia, but maybe with Miami or somebody else earlier that maybe the hiccups earlier in the season could have been avoided if you guys had made a trade, say, in early October, late September? Well, we would have made a trade if if we could have. I mean, a good trade. I mean, we were trying to uh, make that trade, but, I mean, there's no point of being going and saying, uh, what if? Uh, it didn't happen because uh, we couldn't uh, get a deal with anyone else at that particular time. I think... Uh, Jimmy made it really difficult for us by him saying that he wanted to be traded and the offers that we were offered were, um, you know, just not uh, sensible ones uh, for us uh, to do. So, I mean, what has been reported, you know, reported some in some cases are, are not actually true. And, I, you know, I know what was offered, and I'm telling you there wasn't anything there that that uh, made sense for us. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, heck, I mean, you've always been honest, Glenn. I mean, there was one report that said that you guys were close with Miami 
where Richardson, Olenek, and a future first were coming back, but then in the end, that you guys asked for $5 million. And I just, I looked at that and I said, really? Would they have really asked for $5 million? So I, I don't know. But, but yeah, I mean, clearly, Glenn, there was some stuff out there that probably wasn't true. Well, I'm just telling you, it wasn't what really happened. I mean, I know what happened, and that isn't what really happened. How many offers did you guys have on the table on that Saturday morning, mid-November, when you guys finally pulled the trigger on the Philadelphia offer? I would say that we had three really good offers. Okay, so, I mean, and it was decision time at that point when you guys were coming off, if I'm trying to remember correctly, what, a loss in Sacramento? You guys just felt like that was the time that 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 was what put it over the top, that you had to make a move? Well, I think a couple things happened. Uh, If you only have one team that's really serious about an offer, it's hard to negotiate with them. But I think we all we found ourselves that the number of teams had played their 10 games, and, and we had kind of pointed this out, and wanted to improve. And, uh, there, you know, there's probably six or so teams that had offers out there on that day. But I'm telling you that the three of them were uh, competitive. Uh, you probably could have taken any of those three and, you know, and – say that you had a pretty good deal but uh it was helpful that there was other offers out there you know to come back uh to a team and just say you're not meeting uh you know what we need on this and uh you know and you know we were hopeful that the philly uh offer was uh one that met our needs and also met theirs and it turned out it looks like it's going to work out that way you said you had three offers on the table. I mean, was the want to move him to the East that, okay, you get these three offers, maybe two yeah, are from right. Western Conference teams, that if you were going to be happy with any of the three, that, hey, why not take the one where we send him to the other conference? Well, I, I would say to you that that was part of the, the thinking, too, is is he going East or West, you know, and everything else is equal. You want him to go East. Did Scott Layden do a good job navigating all the trade talks? Do you feel like he's doing a good job running the front office right now? Yes, I think he, I mean, we were in tune of what we needed. I think he was patient, which was hard to do at that particular time, to be patient, you know, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I'm appreciative of his work. I know that he made lots of calls. And is he still running the front office? Is the idea still that you want Tibbs just to focus on coaching? Well, they work as a team. It's hard for me to say that different. Uh, at that particular time when I made that statement, I just thought that uh, with Jimmy around and the things that were going on, I just wanted uh, the coach to feel that uh, we're taking a little bit of burden off of him and just to concentrate on the team and we get through that. But right now they're back. They work as a team on everything. I don't think you know that one makes a any move without the other one anyway. And that's when we hired him, that was our understanding. Where do you stand, Glenn, on Tibbs only using nine guys? Now, other coaches use only nine, so it's not like he's on an island. But other coaches, hey, somebody you know real well, I know real well, J.B. Bickerstaff uses 10 or 11. Other successful coaches use 10 or 11. I'm just looking at Anthony Tolliver and Josh Kogi riding on your bench wondering, hey, why can't we find five minutes a game for those guys? Yeah, that's, you know, something that the coaches kind of get into, that they they get a, a rhythm that they get used to and a confidence in those players. And it's really tough on the other players that are that are really skilled and have helped you to ask them to sit on the bench and not play when you know you're asking them to do that in case there's an injury or in case somebody else falters. Uh, you know, I feel for those guys too. But, 
you know, the coaches, uh, that's what you hire them for. And I don't know if there's any magic in nine over 10 or over eight, but, uh, you, as I look around the league and look at players, uh, coaches seem to get into a system, and they don't seem to change that until an injury comes. And I suppose the comeback is, hey, I mean, we're winning, right? I mean, if you're Tibbs, the comeback is, my nine-man rotation is working. Why would I disrupt that, right? I mean, as much as I like Okogie, as much as I like Tolliver, why would I interrupt what is working with this nine-man rotation? I think the difficult, really difficult thing for a coach is that, uh, you know, uh, Andrew had some really bad games, you know, several right in a row where his, at least his shooting was bad and stuff like that. And it's difficult, you know, the coach knows that this player has all kinds of talent and that players have slumps and uh, should I put somebody else in or should I, you know, uh, trust that if I keep playing him, he'll come out. But to me, that's a, really a tough one. And you can be picked on no matter what what you do and, and that's what I guess we hire these guys to do. And, you know, they they uh, bear all the blunt. If it goes good, they get the credit. If it goes bad, they get the blame. And uh, that's a difficult one, as I see, for a coach. As we approach December 15th, when guys who signed in the summer can be traded, I mean, is the roster fluid still? Or do you feel like you'll stick with these guys for a while? And maybe as we get closer to the February trade deadline, maybe you'll look at shaking things up. Well, I can just kind of say what, you know, Scott says. Um, he said, you know, Glenn, uh, our, our thing is we have no reason to make a, a trade or, you know, we're not going to force it or do anything like that because we have a, a good bunch of guys right now. But we're going to keep our eyes open, and if there's ever anything that comes along that we think improves our team at any time, you know, I'll bring it to you. And um, that's our philosophy right now. So it could happen, but it's only that um, we get kind of a win-win as we might say with another team that really would like to have one of our guys, and in turn they give us somebody that we think uh, will help us off the bench. I mean, I would imagine there has to be some trade interest in Tolliver. He can help somebody if he's not going to help you guys. Oh, I am sure that that we have a number of guys that other teams uh, are interested in, but uh, but we have to have a deal that that uh, gives us something back too that that uh, will make our team better. I mean, right now, those guys, Tolliver's is a very good player, a very experienced player, and if if uh, one of our power forwards got hurt, uh, you know, we would want him out there helping us. I mean, do teams talk constantly? Like, do teams call and ask about Wiggins, for example? Well, I would just say they have in the past, yes. So, I mean, it's constant, right? I mean, I guess that's what that's what front offices do, right? I mean, that's what other GMs do. That's what Scott does. You're constantly talking to your competition, wondering what's out there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing your job. No, I I, I think it um, – my guess is just about almost every player on a team, except maybe uh, your star player, uh, you know, teams are always making inquiry. I mean, and what happens if you, if you are in a losing streak? You know, people call you up. You know, and uh, or if they're in a losing streak, they might uh, call you up. But it just has to do with performance. And are you, uh, you know, going to make uh, make some changes? How about all the teams in the West that didn't make the playoffs last year, Glenn? I mean, are you looking at Denver and Dallas and Memphis and the Clippers? And I might be leaving out top of my head one or two teams. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, just a little bit more on just how deep the West is. I mean, outside of maybe Phoenix. I mean, even Sacramento. I mean. Our guy Dave Yeager is is doing a really good job with Sacramento. I mean, even Sacramento, 
is competitive. I mean, you just you don't get a night off in the Western Conference. No, I think Sacramento is doing way better than other people expected them. And as you in, as you indicated, it, this is really good for the NBA right now that we just have a whole group of teams, especially in the West, that are fairly close to being uh, uh, equal. And uh, and as you indicated, you win or lose two or three games in a row, you can move five positions very quickly uh, within within uh, the standings. And, I mean, that's what I'm watching. You know, we beat, um, um, you know, Houston in a very competitive uh, game with a very good team. And now we got Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte is, is a very good team. they got Walker, who's, who's just being uh, phenomenal yeah. right now. But we've got to beat them. I mean, we're on our home floor, and, and uh, they got a, a record about like us, but they're in the East. I think the expectations – are that we got we got to beat them, and then we go out west. We certainly can't have a west trip like we had the last one, where we're away and we don't win any games. I mean, I don't know that we win all of them, but we we've got to pull a couple of them out, you know, sneak some wins. I'll let you go after three more quickies, Glenn. Always appreciate your time. Did you have a chance to catch up with J.R. Ryder with him being in town on Monday? I didn't. I, I was wishing I would, but uh, it just it ended up that um, they kept him busy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, right? Yep. I mean, I suppose keeping him busy is is probably a good thing. On Fred Hoiberg, have you had a chance to catch up with Fred since the news came on Monday? Well, I haven't called Fred, but I mean, he's one of the people I do talk to. But I just thought, I'm, I just felt for Fred. To me, is he had a scenario there that uh, I mean, he had guys that were hurt. Uh, he had a young team. Uh, um, you know, they were playing close to a lot of teams. They, you know, they had a lot of games down toward the end, and then they lost, which happens with young guys. Uh, I was, I, quite frankly, I was surprised. Um, I just thought they would uh, let him have the whole year and then do the evaluation at the end of the year. But uh, uh, I didn't quite understand why you would make the change at this uh, point. Uh, but um, I will be talking to him. When he left your organization, the front office, and took the Iowa State job, in a statement that the Wolves released, you were quoted in there saying Fred will always be a member of the Wolves family. I mean, does that still hold true today? I think so. I think he just added so much. I mean, being a Midwest guy and playing where he did and then come up here and play as hard as he could for our team and then become an assistant general manager of the team, you just build uh, loyalties and stuff with uh, people and connections uh, with them. And so, you know, we're... we're, We'll just always watch what Fred's going to do, and we'll wish him. I just think he's going to be given some uh, great opportunities, and it doesn't have to be with the Timberwolves. I mean, I just he's such a great person. I'll leave you with this. KG, Kevin Garnett was in town for what, that Blazers game, Prince Night. I mean, I like the jerseys, by the way. I wish you guys could wear those jerseys more. Was there any disappointment that you didn't have a chance to catch up with KG? Well, I mean, if, if we would have ran into each other, I would have been wonderful and and to talk to him it just it didn't occur i mean does the offer still stand that kg it's time to get your jersey in the rafters that it's on him kg please say yes we'd like to honor you with a ceremony well i think so i i, I made it uh, to him um you know directly to him and through other parties to him and and i think we'll just we'll just wait him out yeah i mean i just i hope at some point glenn right i mean you talked about it right i mean the best point in franchise history i mean Nobody will ever forget the run in May of 04, right? I mean, if Sam Cassell doesn't right. get hurt, heck, I was talking to Gary Trent Sr. recently, Glenn. He's convinced 
you guys would have won the championship if Sam hadn't gotten hurt. You know, so I just I hope at some point that twenty one can hang in the rafters. No, I I agree with you. I think we had the chance to do that, and and I know that uh, for some reason or another, sometimes uh, Kevin says bad things about me, but I don't feel that way towards him at all. I only look at all the positive things that he brought our team and and our relationship. I remember when he came here as an eighteen year old how many conversations he came and he came to my house and we talked about so many things and so i guess i just remember the good things and uh, and uh, and hopefully that the relationship can be rebuilt does it disappoint you that he says some of those bad things well sure sure it's disappointing because i just think that uh, that isn't uh, the whole of our relationship i just think there were so many good things that uh, we did together and things that i tried to help him out that uh, I think you got to keep things in balance, and I, I'm hoping he'll forget forget some of the negative things and concentrate on the positive things. I'll leave you with this. Will Jared Bayless play for you guys at some point? I mean, how is he doing with – is it a knee injury? Yes, I talked to Jared, and um, he, he just uh, – when I talked to him the last time, he just said that uh, probably he's a couple of weeks away. But I haven't talked to the doctors or anybody. Um, you know, I think – you know, I – watched his career so he certainly has the ability to uh play for us i mean right now as you said the coach has his rotation it's going to be tough to bust in but i mean he's a veteran guy he can shoot the threes he could help us out um but we just have to wait until he's healthy and and then uh, see how the coach wants to utilize his skills you know what i'd be idiotic Glenn, not to ask your opinion of Derek rose i mean how about his resurgence right i mean it is a phenomenal on-the-court story, the way he has rebuilt his shot, specifically his three-point shot. You know, I've always watched him, uh, Derek, from a distance. So, I mean, this was my first opportunity a year ago when he came and played with us to see what his personality, what a wonderful person. I mean, number one, he's, I, I don't know what to say he's shy, because I don't think he's shy, but he, he's, he's quiet, he's easy to talk to. Uh, he's helpful. He's uh, people like him. He's a very caring person, and uh, you know it's so easy to, to find out that uh, he's so likable and stuff like that. And then to come back with all those injuries, and you know get through last year. He had a few of them with us, and the way he's playing this year, I mean, he just gives his heart out on every play. You know that he just really goes. So it's uh, I've gotten to know him better. I am so appreciative of him, and then I just think the leadership that uh, he brings this team by uh, his example of how he plays. Glenn, I always appreciate the time. Happy holidays to you and Becky. And if it's okay, we'll do it again maybe at the halfway point of the season, which is, All right. what, about four, five, six weeks away. All right. Thank you. Wolves owner, Lynx owner, Glenn Taylor. He is certainly available. I mean, heck, not just in the NBA, but across all professional sports leagues. You don't get an owner willing to hop on a podcast for 30 minutes very often. So we are very grateful for Glenn Taylor's time. In fact, I think what we'll do is we'll make this its own podcast episode 188 i'll do episode 189 later this week maybe even middle of the week i'm catching up with robert covington's trainer i have a conversation with paige becker she was at the yukon notre dame game and i caught up with samantha seliger swenson's mom the big 10 volleyball player of the year certainly the gophers volleyball team deserves all sorts of credit all sorts of praise and all sorts of coverage so 
Samantha's mom is the head volleyball coach at Hopkins High School, so she's got insight on the game, insight on her daughter, insight specifically on the Gophers. So I can include all that in episode 189. I'll finish this episode with a couple of Wolves notes, but let me give some love to one of the sponsors. It's actually another podcast. Hey, when one podcast is going well, that's good for the rest of us. We want people listening to podcasts. I'm all about promoting another podcast. If you like this show, this podcast, you are going to love That's Gold with Steve Heitner. You may know Steve if you're a Seinfeld fan as Jerry's annoying comedian friend, Kenny Banya. Remember him? That's gold, Jerry. I can't do the impersonation, but that was Kenny Banya on the Seinfeld show, Jerry's friend, delivering the memorable line, that's gold, Jerry. On That's Gold, Steve is joined by co-host Rich Johnson to talk about everything guys love. Sports, sports betting, movies, comedy, food, drink, music, Vegas, and more. Five days a week. It's like having a conversation with your buddies at a bar. A bar where famous guests often show up. To shoot the breeze, check out That's Gold with Steve Heitner on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. These are the teams that I heard that are at least monitoring Tolliver's situation. Whether there's been direct dialogue with Scott Layden, to be determined. But I do know that the Mavericks, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Sixers are teams monitoring Tolliver's situation, figuring at some point the Wolves, with him rotting away on the bench, should move him, do him that favor, do the veteran a favor, and move him to a team that will use him. Now, others have asked me about the Houston Rockets. Logically, the Rockets make a ton of sense. I just, myself, have not heard of the Rockets monitoring his situation. But, heck, I'm sure there's more than the four that I have heard. Let me also give some love to my bookie, mybookie.com. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you are betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. My bookie has been on board sponsoring the Scoop Podcast now for a good few months. We greatly appreciate them doing that. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Just go to Google, type in my bookie. You will see those great reviews. And their mobile site is easy to use. I'm telling you, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. And how about these deals? My bookie is slammed with new betters, which is fantastic for them. They've been slammed ever since the football season started. So if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central Time, so they're slammed during the day. So if you wait until after 6 p.m. Central Time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Also join now. My bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code SCOOP. SCOOP. And that promo code will get you all sorts of goodies. You play, you win, you get paid. It is MyBookie, MyBookie.com. I know recently the Wolves have scouted they had Tim Buckley, one of their scouts, at the Illinois-Nebraska game, the Illinois-Notre Dame game. They had Drew Nicholas, the former Maryland star at the Hoop Hall Classic in Miami, a bunch of teams we're down there. I know they had representation at the Kansas-Stanford game over the weekend. What a great game that was. So they've been all around. When it comes to the 2019 draft, the Wolves will have seen all those top prospects a number of times. They will have a book on all the prospects. Trust me, just like hitting what appears to be at least, what, a double so far in Joshua Kogi getting him after the lottery. You know, it's always about 50-50. Whether in the 20s you're going to end up with a player that has a really good chance to do something. It looks like the Wolves have that 
in Okogi. I wish he was playing more right now, but nonetheless, when he has played, he has shown flashes of brilliance. And yeah, he needs to work on the shot, but there's effort, there's defense, there's a lot to like about Josh Okogi. So the Wolves do a good job of getting their scouts out and about, watching a ton of college games, a ton of college practices. I've been also asked a bunch about the Phoenix Suns. Yes, they remain interested in Tyus Jones, but as Glenn Taylor just said, the Wolves aren't necessarily looking to make a trade right now. They're open-minded. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss them making a trade, especially Tolliver at some point as we approach the February trade deadline, but nothing is cooking right now. But certainly the Suns are still interested. They've been interested in a while in Tyus, and that interest remains. Whether it remains strong, I need to dig a little bit further on that, but I know the Suns still have Tyus on their board, on their trade target board in their offices, Tyus Jones's name is still up there. All right, we will post this episode, the Glenn Taylor episode, episode 188, and I'll be back at some point, maybe as soon as middle of the week, with episode 189. I've got some twin steam, some Viking steam, so I've got some stuff that I can save for episode 189. Always appreciate you checking out the Scoop Podcast. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishwashers with smart tech to clean everything from bakeware to festive mugs. And high-capacity refrigerators to keep leftovers fresh. Shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select GE kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Offer valid November 2nd through November 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details.